0: On this episode of Breaking Bread, I'm here with Gabriella Maletti, and uh, I'm so thrilled to have her on. Uh, She's part of NIAF, or the National Italian American Foundation, and in specific, this organization um, does a lot of good for the Italian American community in the United States and across the globe, so we're thrilled uh, to have her here. And I'll let her take it from here to introduce herself and what she does with uh, the organization.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, Anthony. It's a true pleasure. Um, As Anthony said, I'm Gabriella Maletti, and I'm Director of Special Programs at the National Italian American Foundation with headquarters in Washington, D.C. However, our reach is literally global. Um, We are present in terms of we have uh, members from all over the United States, but all over the world, really, especially Italy. But um, we do have members in Hong Kong and Singapore, believe it or not. Um,
0: (laughs) That's impressive.
1: Yes, 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 it is. So we are a global organization, and we work to promote the Italian um, uh, culture in the United States, help italian american students throughout their school uh promote the italian language everything that you can imagine about italy and the italian culture we do it Um, and so i've been with the organization for uh it's been now eight years i just had my eight year um uh anniversary this past september um however i have been involved with the foundation since i was in college so that was um almost, yeah, that was about 20 years ago, so, <laughs>
2: um,
1: so yeah, so I oversee all of our special programs, which include the Ambassador Peter Atsecchia Voyage of Discovery, which is an all expenses paid Italian heritage travel um, uh, trip uh, to Italy for 20 Italian-American college students who have never been to Italy before, so I oversee that program. We have the Russo Brothers Italian-American Film Forum, which we... Find fund um, films from aspiring filmmakers who want to tell a little piece of the Italian-American story. Um, and then we do virtual events, I also oversee our communications and social media. Um, so yeah, I'm just, I'm basically the factotum della Nia, I always say that, <laughs> I'm the factotum della Nia. <laughs> I've got my hands in a little bit of everything. <laughs>
0: You know, funny story with the special programs that you were talking about mm-hmm. for the longest time, uh, you know, I'm I'm only 26. I have just turned 26. But uh, when I was in high school and my early years in like college, uh, I wanted to go on that Italy trip that you that your organization <laughs> sponsored. But my mom would not let me. She oh, refused. No. She oh, no. refused. Yeah, yeah. But no uh, I, I like always thought it was funny. Yeah, because uh, she, she always got like uh, scared about me leaving the country. Typical Italian mom syndrome. Sure. But, like, you know, I, I always thought it. that that was funny because these things have been, you know, around me for God knows how long. And now I'm, I'm talking to the person that runs the programs.
1: Yeah, yeah, and that's funny you say that because I get calls from mothers all the time (laughs) asking, "Is this a legit program?" Because it sounds too good to be true. It is indeed all expenses paid uh, trip. Like there are a few uh, um, items on the itinerary that is not included in the trip um, cost. However, it is like an awesome trip. When the students come back, they are just like absolutely enamored with Italy (laughs) and the Italian culture. They just like are just flabbergasted and, um, and then they return, and some have now even moved to Italy after they come back, um, for, to, to America. So, um, it's, uh, Italy has quite an effect on, uh, young, uh, young people.
0: I could imagine their, uh, their way of life. My, my grandpa's from Sicily, my, no, no, I'm much so used to saying grandpa, because when I say no, no, people are like, huh? Yeah. So like, but, uh, yeah, you can say no, no with me. <laughs> yeah. My uh no no is from Sicily. Um, so I've never been to Sicily and I've been to Italy many times, the mainland, I guess that you can say. But uh yeah. like you know, your your trip has always been on my mind. So hopefully uh I'm gonna tell my cousins to, to go or when I have kids one day.
1: Absolutely. And you know, Sicily yeah. is a great, a great region to visit. Yeah. 2017 I took 20 um, students. So when you do go to Sicily I will give you the itinerary (laughs) that we did. Yes, We did two full weeks and we did literally coast to coast. It's awesome. Sicily is probably the best and I'm a little biased because I am part Sicilian but um, and I got just got married in Sicily. But um, Sicily just has Congratulations. so much to offer. Thank you. Thank you. I guess you could still say I just got married <laughs> after two years. It still seems fresh. Um, but uh, yeah, Sicily's awesome. You definitely need to go.
0: So you had a real Italian wedding, like super Italian Sicilian yes. wedding, I, I should say, because people like to say that there's a big difference. Yeah,
1: well, you know, yeah, yeah. I um, I guess it was just the traditional Italian wedding from start to finish, um, Sicilian because yes, we had a very Sicilian menu, very all Sicilian wines, and of course, our um, our uh, location was in beautiful Taormina, Sicily, right at the foot uh, of Mount Etna. Which uh, really it did not erupt that evening, but it was sm- a <laughs> little smoky. So we did, you know, in the, in the pictures had a little bit of smoke coming out of Mount Etna. But um, it was awesome. And if are there are there any future brides out there listening, my advice is to go get married in Italy because you're going to have <laughs> so much more bang for your buck um I what you what you spend in America is a fraction or excuse me what you spend in Italy is a fraction of the cost of an American wedding so if you can do it I would highly recommend to get married in Italy it's so much cheaper and you get actually amazing food you know not your typical banquet food that you do in America unless you have like some fancy cater I guess yeah. um, and then you're just your location you don't have to you don't have to worry about decor or anything because your location speaks for itself and so it is it is truly the best place to get married. So that's my so like,
0: <laughs> walk me through how that worked because I'm, a, I'm a, actually kind of kind of curious because there is like a, I guess you can say like a like a movement of uh, people in, a, in America that are doing small weddings now or like you know none at all so like you know uh that i'm, I'm really curious to hear to hear about that like you know h- how did you go about having your wedding there how did the rest of your family come is most of your family based in italy
1: yeah so um i will say most of my family is based in italy my mother's whole side of the family is still in italy She was the only one that came to the United States after she married my father, um, after they got married in 1978. So um, my whole family still is in Italy and all of my, a lot, a good portion of my friends um, live in Italy as well. Because after I went, after I graduated from university here in the United States, Um, I went to John Carroll University in Cleveland, Ohio. I moved to Milan, Italy, and I lived there for about six years, and I was working in the fashion industry. So, of course, I made a lot of friends and everything and kept in contact with all all of my friends throughout the years. And so a lot of our guest list was already in Italy. So that was obviously an advantage because we didn't have to worry about bringing everyone over. Um, We did invite 220 people. Um, but we did have 50 people exactly. That was kind of like what my husband and I, we wanted 50 people at our wedding and 50 people showed up and it was just perfect. Um, yeah, it, we we got engaged in August. I think I secured the location by September and then by June of that following year in 2019, we got married um, and it was really simple because we got um we got married, actually, it wasn't very simple.
2: <laughs> I take that
1: back. The simple part was because we picked a location, we picked a, um, for our reception, we picked the Grand Hotel um, Tomeo in Tarmina. And it was kind of like, just pick A, B, or C option. So, and with that, it came like all of the wine, all of the food, all of the flowers, all of the cake, all of the pastries, all yeah. that stuff. So you that was the simple part. Um, My mom and I did fly to Taromina a couple times to do um, location visits and menu tastings. Um, The more complicated part was the whole um, uh, getting married in a church in Italy, Um, and of course, you needed to also validate it in, you know, have the the United States recognize it as well. So the simplest thing for us to do was to get married civilly here in America a month before and then bring all the paperwork to the church um, in Sicily and um, have them validated and do all their paperwork because Italians love paperwork. We know that. <laughs> um, and, um, but the funny thing is that so when I decided that Taormina was going to be our location for our wedding, I said, I want to get married in the beautiful Sicilian Baroque church right in the piazza it's called the chiesa di san giuseppe saint joseph is the patron saint of marriages and families and and it's my mother's um my na- my mother's name is giuseppina and so um, you know saint joseph plays a huge role in our family and so i said this is so perfect I want to get married in that church. Okay. We call up the, the rectory. They're like, that's great. But this church has been closed for like about, you know, six years. Um, the roof fell and, um, it's been under his they're restoring it. Um, and we don't really know when it's going to be open. It should be open sometime in 2019. That was the year we were supposed to get married or that we 2019 was the year we were getting married. And, and I was like, Oh no, no, no. I was like, you don't understand I am coming from America and I want to get married in that church and they're like well we'll let you know if we end up opening up so I took the leap of faith uh, (laughs) because I'm a woman of faith and I put that church's name on my wedding invitation and I was like it's going to be open by my wedding sure enough it was open they opened in April and we got married in June So it was perfect because it was beautifully restored all of the frescoes were beautifully cleaned nice nice clean uh nice fresh paint on all the walls and everything it was awesome so um, that was the most complicated part of the whole um uh, wedding planning situation um and then of course we did send out the save the dates to all of our family friends here in america to save the date with ahead of time but a lot of them obviously couldn't make it just because of the uh distance and the traveling and everything but we we had a great group there the 50 people we had a live band um a cigar a cigar and
2: chocolate
1: <laughs> bar which is like so it was so cool you know they really um, entertained our guests so it was an awesome wedding so yeah
0: that's an amazing story <laughs> uh, I, I I like might have to copy you when, like I get married and totally go for something like that. I mean, it sounds like something out of a storybook.
1: It literally it really was. It literally was, and I really I can't stress enough how much of a fairy tale it was, and we didn't even spend that much money to be honest. In terms of like what yeah. Americans, what yeah. you spend here in America, I mean, it was nothing from for what we got. That's the best thing. It's like you know, it, Italians. They when you go to a restaurant, when you go to the this hotel, you know the restaurant, the the chef, they really want to impress you and make it's like the best meal of your life and they should, they did.
0: <laughs> so
1: um yeah it was awesome. Definitely. I'll I'll help you plan your wedding. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'll I'll take you up on that. Yes. Yeah, was- uh like um so your Italian is beautiful. I I could tell
2: just Thank by the,
0: the the way that it rolls off your tongue. Um how like did you learn to speak Italian in the house uh you know obviously you said that your mom's from Italy. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like, how did that work? Or did you just go there and kind of pick up on it there?
1: Yeah, so um, yeah, so as I mentioned, my mother is from Italy. Um, I'm actually first, second and third generation Italian. I grew up with the Italian language in my house. My mother Mm -hmm. spoke to us. I'm one of four, I'm the the youngest of four. She spoke to us in Italian all the time. And ever since we were babies, because my mother's whole side of the family still lives in Italy, ever since we were babies, we traveled back and forth uh, to Italy. So we're all Italian citizens. We were born Italian citizens and of course American citizens as well. In Cleveland, Ohio, by the way, I'm from Cleveland, Mm -hmm. shout out to Cleveland. Um, And uh, so my mother always spoke to us in Italian. And of course, us traveling there, we always uh, were exposed to the language. And my father, he knew the language as well as he studied it. My father, um, my mother is from Calabria, from the province of Reggio Calabria in a small town called Chido. It's very, very small. So I don't expect anyone to have heard of it, um, but it is um, in the province of Reggio Calabria, just an hour from the main um, city. And then my father, is um, of um, Sicilian, Abruzzese, and Padovano descent. So a little bit of everything. I'm literally Miss Italia from North, <laughs> central, South. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we did grow up with the Italian language in the household, and then of course traveling there helped a lot. And then what really kind of sealed the deal, put the cherry on top of my Italian language capabilities, Was living in Milan. That's when I really just took my language to a whole new level to the absolute, like, you know, you're from Italy. I even got, you know, mistaken many times from (laughs) Milanese. And I was like, oh my gosh. So I've really arrived to the top of the top. I was mistaken for a Milanese, even though I look nothing like a Milanese, but I sound like one or I sounded like one at the time. Um, So I was really proud of that. And, you know, obviously living in Italy, you catch up, you you catch those like, you know, um, those words or those sayings that only like locals say or only that really Italians in Italy say. You don't really find that in like a textbook that you would learn at university or whatever. So, um, so yeah, and so that's how I I learned Italian and I speak to my husband always in an Italian and he sometimes <laughs> understands me and he sometimes doesn't. I was like, well, you're just gonna have to figure it out.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, and I, of course, plan to, to, to um, carry the language on one day to our children.
0: That's so nice. That's so nice. You know, uh, I love hearing stories like that. Just because in like my corner of the world, at least, you know, I really don't hear people talking like that anymore. So yeah. it, it's like a really nice thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. I thank you. I appreciate. It. And of course, you know, I, I now not using it every single day in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes, I speak to my mother every single morning in Italian. We rarely go into English. I watch an Italian soap opera. Um, in Italian every single day, un pozzo sole. It's like really (laughs) kind of cheesy, but I really love it. And it helps me really, um, you know, just practice that Italian language because it is true you know if you're not using it like you know your day in day out like literally every single thing you're speaking in Italian if you don't use it like that like I used to when I was in Milan sure you start to forget some words some sayings and it starts to break my heart because I'm like oh my gosh I don't remember that word anymore What is it? and like I have to think about it and then um then it comes to me but yeah it's awesome that-
0: that is so true, uh, because um, when I was a kid, my parents worked all the time, so my nonna and nonna raised me, uh, and I went to kindergarten only speaking a- Italian, pretty that much, was awesome. or, like, speaking like a mix, but I totally lost it, you know, because after that, like, uh, my, like, parents were like, oh, oh, you know, like, he can't, he has to speak English in school, so they, like, kind of, like, put a, put a stop to it a little bit yeah but uh well yeah you know like I I totally wish that I would have stuck with it
1: oh yeah I know I know it's but it's never too late Anthony you know never too late start you know what helps a lot it's watching um Italian movies Italian shows with the American or with the English subtitles Mm -hmm. that helps a lot um maybe reading like simple, like Instagram posts in Italian, um, because you kind of like understand what's going on by looking at the picture of the video. Um, but you read the actual caption in Italian, that stuff helps. That's, that's what actually helps my husband a lot. Cause he's, mm-hmm. he's trying to learn because we want to get him his Italian citizenship <laughs> through marriage. Um, and, um, that's how he's learning. He's learning by just, we watch a lot of Italian movies, Italian shows, mm. and Ital- Italian with the English subtitles and Instagram. God bless that. Social media. <laughs> sometimes it, it's helpful, sometimes. <laughs>
0: yeah, true. Uh, mm-hmm. So the NIAF, um, they offer programs that help Americans or Italian Americans get their Italian citizenship, right?
1: Yes. So we actually, we partner with a company called Your Italian Passport. Um, they're based out of uh, Palm Beach, Florida. Mm-hmm. So we, we have been, so what happened was during the pandemic, um, obviously all of our events and fundraising um events were all cut off so we obviously had to get creative like everyone else in the world and so we started doing these virtual events these webinars these informational webinars um that we would present on topics like how to gain your italian citizenship or how to uh you know research your italian ancestors so Your Italian Passport is a company that we've always partnered with. So we partnered with them on um, these webinars and we hosted uh, many different ones that you could still find on our website. They're available um, to purchase at niaf.org, niaf.org, And they're everything. It literally breaks it all down to you, all down for you. Because as you know, or as you may know, obtaining your Italian citizenship can be a very, very tedious task. And there's so many little rules and minute details and different laws that you can fall under. And so we literally, every every episode of our webinar is a different aspect of how to um, obtain your Italian citizenship, whether it's through the 1948 law or through marriage or through residence or all these crazy, complicated um, ways to obtain your Italian citizenship. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm very um, thankful that my mother never renounced her, Itali- her Italian citizenship. Back in the day when she came um, to America, it was there was no dual citizenship possibility. Mm-hmm. It was either you either become American or you're a, um, a resident alien. So she decided mm-hmm. to be a resident alien because she was like, I'm not giving up who I am. I'm an Italian. So thank God she did because um, that automatically made me, my sister and my brothers, automatic Italian citizens at first. we just had to register our mm-hmm. um, birth certificate with our little uh, Paese in Reggio Calabria and mm-hmm. we were good. And so thank God she did that. I, because this, the situation with the Italian citizenship is so complicated yeah. and so long, I feel so bad. So, um, but do not give up hope if you're out there and you do qualify for Italian citizenship. I highly recommend to you either check out our webinars or check out the website youritalianpassport.com, and um, it really Lauren really breaks it down for you how you can understand if you qualify if you even qualify, and then you can even um, call her up for a you know phone consultation. And then you know if you do decide to hire her, she will literally do the process for you. And even better if you are a NEF member you get a discount off of her services. So another reason to sign up for NEM membership.
0: Wow. (laughs) Sorry, I had to do that plug. (laughs) Of course. No, like that was my next question and you kind of answered it is uh, my cousin told me that um, because that my grandfather was born in Italy uh, that that I can get citizenship fairly easily. Is is like that true? Or or both my grandparents? So was
1: was he ever was he, did he ever become an American citizen? Was he ever naturalized? Do yes. you know that? He was, okay. <laughs> so it depends when he was naturalized. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if it, if he was naturalized um, before 1948, or wait, you know what, I don't even want to, I don't even yeah. want to um, put out some false information, but it does depend when he was naturalized okay. and um, so, definitely on Lauren's website, um, You can find that um, specific information.
0: I will absolutely check that out being because I, I totally want my citizenship. And uh, I've been seeing those ads in my Facebook feed uh, come up for like the $5 villas all the time. Oh, yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: That's a so. bunch of, you know, what but (laughs) yeah yeah no no,
0: i know i'm i'm just teasing but yeah 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 yeah. yeah, no no i'm just i'm just totally teasing i like i like figured that it was too good to be true but um yeah
1: exactly if something sounds too good to be true especially when it comes to something italian it usually (laughs) is
0: (laughs) so uh neaf and COVID, like how was it working through that whole entire time period uh I know from being on kind of like the opposite end of it, I like know that there were some struggles on like uh you know pretty much every every business's end uh so yeah. like can can you walk me through like how uh how i i like guess uh the you guided yourselves towards the light at the end of the tunnel,
1: yeah, so um you know at the time we had a great our great chairman at the helm um Pat Harrison she really took us through this dark tunnel that i guess everyone really was in um and uh so what happened was that you know we obviously had to cancel all of our in-person events and in-person events for a nonprofit equals fundraising which equals you know <laughs> salaries and programs being funded so what we did was we got creative. We did the um, in-person events and um, we also did a lot of, um, we created um, products to sell through uh, custom ink. They do a lot of, they do, They have a great program for nonprofits where you can design a product and then sell it through their website and they'll take care of the printing and shipping. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did a lot of like fun things like um, a, an apron. This is buon appetito <laughs> or, um you know a wine tumbler that says chin chin or a Nia polo or what else did we did we did a um, Nia mask uh, and then some buon natale um uh, kitchen towels and everything mm-hmm. so we did we that was another uh, avenue revenue you know avenue for our revenue during the pandemic but it was really through our virtual events that that really brought us through and we, we, we made more money than we actually thought we were going to, to, to make. And so we did, um, we had programs on, like I had mentioned, dual citizenship, Italian dual citizenship, Italian genealogy. We did wine tastings, um, Italian culture. So, you know, regional cuisine, regional culture. Um, we also did thought leadership on, you know, Columbus Day, Christopher Columbus. Uh, what else, you know, government affairs, anything you didn't think of, um, we covered. In fact, we're now like really sh- trying to like, you know, take us through mm-hmm. the next year with these virtual events because they become so popular, but we're running out of topics. So if you have a topic, let me know. <laughs> um, and then of course, you know, our big fundraiser of the year is our anniversary gala. Um, it happens every single year in Washington, D.C. If you're fortunate to attend, you know how fun and how big of an event it is. Every sitting president has attended our gala since uh, the the very first gala in um, 1975, excuse me. Um, and so when we had to, you know, put, close the doors on it for 20 in 2020, we, we said, okay, we'll just do it virtually. And we're like, well, who's really going to sit in from their computer and watch a gala virtually. Um, but know we we were very um, savvy with our fundraising we honored in 2020 Dr. Fauci and we had a ton of people come out um, supporting him through sponsorships and everything so um, we were really um, we were actually we we came out pretty much on you know on top during the during the dark year of 2020 and so now we're just looking to 2021 we're still doing, we're gonna do a um, in-person gala this year in Washington DC on October 23rd. Um, However, unfortunately it's still gonna be a limited capacity gala, but we're looking forward to 2022 where we can really come back strong and come back to be our normal, fun selves Mm -hmm. and um, honor, you know, Italians and Italian Americans who have accomplished so much in um, in their industry and in their lives, so yeah.
0: So, how did you? Uh, two, two more questions. Actually, uh, the first one is: Can anyone attend the gala this 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 coming year? Because you did say that there is going to be mm-hmm. like a cap on the amount of people.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. We still have some tickets left, so um, tickets are available on our website neaf.org, um, and so yeah, you could still attend for sure. Um, we are honoring Tony Bennett, Stanley Tucci, Enrico Casarosa, who's the uh, director of Luca, the Pixar mm-hmm. movie. Um, who else? Giuseppe Bono, who's the CEO of Fincantieri. Um, and who else are we honoring? I'm trying to blank right now. But um, yeah, that is, um, that's, it. oh, and John Silvestri, who is a, um, who is a uh, gentleman who's Who's um, done a lot in the uh, real estate industry?
0: Mm-hmm. Nice. I yeah. I'm definitely gonna have to check my calendar because I kind of want to attend. Now I haven't been. I, I went to the virtual gala. Oh okay. But, uh, oh, yeah. so you were one yeah. of them. You were yes. one of them. Yes. That's great. I was one. Yes. Yes. Awesome. I was one
1: awesome. Yeah. I'm happy to hear that. Oh, and I forgot yeah. to mention, we're honoring the region of Abruzzo. So every year, NIAF mm-hmm. honors an Italian region. It's an official accord we 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 make with the actual region and the president of the region. It's like a legit agreement. And um, so throughout the year, we promote that region through our social media, through our ambassador magazine. So if you do follow NIAF on social media, you may notice there's a lot of posts about Abruzzo. Um, that is why, because Abruzzo is our region of honor. So um, this year we are honoring the region of Abruzzo. Um, as of right now, though, unfortunately, because of the travel ban of you know Italians still can't come to America, you know, come into the United States, um, none of the regional Abruzzese um, regional heads will be at the gala. So we're super bummed, um, but we will be sending out a virtual. Uh, putting out a virtual um, gala two weeks after our, our um, in-person gala, you know, (laughs) with highlights of what happened during the evening. So they'll kind of feel like they're there, but not really.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know if this sounds stupid or not, but like, I have to say it because it caught my ear when you said sitting president, did you mean of the United States?
1: Of the United States. Yes.
0: Yeah, cause, cause I kind of blinked when you like said it. I was like, "Does she mean of Niaf or like like what?" Like, cause that was such a shock to me. I had no clue that the that the president attended the uh, gala every year.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Do you know you want to know what president attended the most galas?
0: <laughs> Let's hear it.
1: Nice little trivia. Bill Clinton. He attended all really. Eight- galas during his um eight years yeah his his eight years at the White House so (laughs) he just loved I guess he he must love Italian women what can I say or he just loves
2: food
0: (laughs) like just out of curiosity uh, like can you like walk me through like how the president attends like can anyone just kind of go up to him or is he in like his own little corner like how like how does that work
1: so it's a logistical nightmare
0: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I Because I you're
1: obviously dealing with a ton of security, you know, all of the tables need to be pushed back, you know, and another thing, the president, he only confirms in the last, you know, we only know sometimes hours up until the gala. I have never actually been at a, um, I've never been to a gala with the president there. Um, But I have heard how crazy it gets. But um, no, he doesn't, as of recent, none of the recent, uh, yeah, no, did Bush, maybe Bush did, no, Bush did not. Um, Clinton sat at the actual gala on the dais and um, was there the whole gala. And I would say Clinton and all the other um, sitting presidents actually sat at the gala, enjoyed the evening. Um, Obama... Bush left, I think after he gave a speech, Obama gave a speech and left. Trump was actually, as it was the only president who did not come. Um, mm-hmm. So we, we we can't, I guess we did skip one year, but that was the only year that um, uh, we, uh, we skipped. But the invitation has yeah. been made to President Biden, so um, we still have not heard word whether he will be attending or not. <laughs> Um, but yes, no, no one can um, just walk up to them. They're usually in the past that we've always had a dais which is those rows of tables like essentially on stage where all mm-hmm. of the VIPs and the honorees sit. Um, and so they sit there, they obviously have the security the secret service on the, on mm-hmm. the sides. And um, other than you know the president shaking hands with the people around him. Um, you know, the honorees, the board members, that's the most interaction they get. And then they're, you know, obviously escorted out after, um, through a secret tunnel, um, in the, uh, in the hotels, in the hotel in Washington.
0: That is, uh, that is a trip. I had no clue that, uh, that the president attended the, the gala as well. That, that is, that is amazing.
1: Yeah, it really yeah. is, really is. Um, We've had some really great honorees in the past, um, mm-hmm. great speeches, and so we're we're very we're very proud of our history. We have a lot a lot to be proud of, just as the foundation, mm-hmm. but also as Italian Americans. You know, Italian Americans have contributed mm-hmm. so much to this country. Um, really, you know, we're at the you know Italian Heritage Month is coming up, mm-hmm. and um, you know we have to really sit back and just think of all of the great accomplishments our ancestors made, um, in this country. And it's, they're not, they're not, li- there's, they're not, um, a little, you know, it's a big, it's a big amount. So, um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's a great organization to work for. And, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. That was actually my, uh, next question is how does one like start to work for the, uh, NEAC? Like, like how does, uh, like, <laughs> How did you um, get to where you are today? How'd you go from fashion to yeah?
1: Yeah, so that's a really great question because I ask myself all the time too. Like, (laughs) how did I go from fashion to now working in a nonprofit? Those are like two polar opposites. So. Like I had mentioned earlier, I, I was involved with NIAF at the, during the college, my college years, I was president, surprise, surprise, I was president of my Italian club, I was very active. My mom was the Italian professor at John Carroll. Um, So, you know, I was like, you know, I am like Italian, very
0: Italian. I love that. um, I love that.
1: Yeah, so I, you know, NEAF at the time and still does has this campus or has this program called NEAF on campus. And um, it's a program which the foundation provides resources for Italian clubs to carry out on campus events. Um, It also brings, we bring, um, you know, the executive board of the club to Washington during the gala. And make them part of our gala weekend and everything. So I was lucky enough to come to Washington um, during my college years, during the NEAF Gala weekend. At the time, there was the Youth Gala. Some of some of the old timers may remember the NEAF Youth Gala, which was like right down the hall from the main gala. It was really super fun, all young people. Um, and so that's how I really became involved. I even applied for scholarships. My siblings applied for scholarships. We never got the scholarships, but I don't <laughs> hold a grudge. I'm okay with it. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> but I do always like make that point to the board. <laughs> I'm like, I never got a scholarship. Um, but uh, so yeah, so I always was involved during my college years. And then I moved to Milan. And of course, you know, this was way back, like before, like, I mean, yes, there was the Internet, but, you know, there was no social media at the time or anything like that. So, you know, totally lost touch with Nef and what they were doing. So then I moved back from Milan to Cleveland and I spent a year in Cleveland working as editor of an Italian-American publication in Cleveland called La Gazzetta Italiana. So um, if there's any Clevelanders or Northeast Ohioans listening, they know the um, newspaper. And so I was working as editor and I started, obviously I was receiving all of the press releases at the time and, um, and I had, heard about, you know, all of like the new initiatives that the new president John Viola was um, doing. So I was, I would write about their new, you know, new initiatives. And then, um, you know, once that summer I was vacationing in Calabria with my mother and I got a, you know, I got a press release come through my inbox Saying that the NIAF board of directors is in Calabria for their mission of Italy trip. I'm like, Calabria. I'm like, what are they doing in Calabria? No one comes to Calabria, you know, especially like, you know, the board of directors, they're so prestigious and, you know, it's NIAF, it's like such a prominent organization. What are they doing in Calabria? Like, Calabria barely has an airport, you know? (laughs) (laughs)
2: So.
1: I write to them and I'm like, hey, you know, you guys are in Calabria. I'm actually currently in Calabria, vacationing with my mother. Would love to just like meet up with you guys and just like say hello because I'm Italian, you're Italian. Let's all be Italian together. So <laughs> um, they just happened to be um, in. They were staying at the hotel. Well, it's a castle turned hotel in, t- in the in the in uh, the city of Villa San Giovanni, which is about. You know, 30 minutes north of Reggio Calabria, which is where my mother and I were staying, and that hotel slash castle just happened to also be the the um, the uh, location where my parents had their wedding reception. So I'm like, Mom, let's go, let's spend the weekend there. You know, it's you haven't been there since your wedding. Let's make a weekend out of it. We'll meet the people from Neaf, and you know, if if anything, we just had a great weekend, you know, together. So um, anyway, so we get to the hotel, we get to their reception, and I'm talking with John Viola, and he's saying, so what are you doing? I'm like, oh, you know, I work at, I work at like a I would, you know, I'm thinking about either returning to the fashion industry, or I would actually love to work at an organization like Neath, and he was like, we're actually hiring, we're hiring a social media manager and assistant editor. So why don't you come down to Washington and interview? So a week, two weeks later, I came down to Washington, I interviewed. And then two weeks after that, I was driving to U-Haul with my parents from Cleveland (laughs) to Washington. And um, yeah, so I started off as assistant editor and social media manager. That was um, September, 2013. By November 2013, I was promoted to director of programs Um, and um, I've kind of been, I've been in that same position ever since with a small stint in government affairs along Mm -hmm. the way, Um, but I've been overseeing our programs um, ever since. And so, yeah, that's it. Here I am eight years later, (laughs) I actually don't work out of the Washington DC office anymore when I, when my husband and I got engaged, my husband was living in, or is, you know, was living in Southern California. And so um, we were doing a long distance relationship, DC to Southern California, every single weekend, flying back and forth for, um, you know, a little over six months. And so I decided I was going to move to Southern California. And so Nia said, okay, you can work from home. So I started working from home before everyone else started working from home. Before, <laughs> back there, um, before it was cool, <laughs> which was great because when you know, and you know, by the way, working from home, I'm sure a lot of people realize this with the with the pandemic. It's such um, it's such a challenge, especially if you're work yeah. if you're used to working in a very you know communal setting with all your coworkers and collaborating and so it took me a while to get used to like being like isolated you know in my little like (laughs) office in my Huntington Beach home here um, in Orange County and so um, I I missed my Washington DC colleagues so much I was like calling them up every single day I'm like what's going on you know (laughs) Um, and so then when they started working from home during the pandemic i'm like okay let me give you a few pointers i'm like you gotta get out of your pajamas you gotta put on your makeup you got to take a shower you know <laughs> so um so yeah so eight years later here, here i am still uh with me up strong
0: <laughs> and um just to just to finish up is there anything you'd like to tell the audience growing up italian
1: um you know there's don't don't forget your <laughs> italian roots we have so much to be proud of and so much more to be proud of than the stereotypes that are put out by the media. You know, let's put that behind us and really show America and the world what being Italian is all about. And it's not the stereotypes that you see on media and social media for that matter too, because I see a lot of it and um, we're better, we're better than what the um, what the media and the uh, Hollywood plagues us to be. So never forget who we are and continue and pass that along to your, your offspring. That's the important thing to pass it along and go to Italy, visit Italy, <laughs> learn the language
0: and learn how amen. to Amen, <laughs> amen to all of that. I agree with you and I'm working towards it every day on my own, so amen.
1: Yes,
2: That's awesome.